balance everything, man. We went, we started off the season. A lot of people doubted us, you know. We came back, we went 5-0, and we beat this team. And what are we now, boys, 7-0? Hell yeah, let's go! Oh, it's awesome, I mean, we, we were working hard this season. We got off to a good start. We knew this was gonna be a big test, and our defense played really well today. Started with our goalie and goalie, made a lot of big stops. Everyone did their job, it was a great team win. We thought we had some pretty good matchups. You know, it amplifies it with the, with the, the crowd and the, and the rivalry and everything else. So it's a lot of fun for these kids and really just happy. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Long Stick Podcast. You're a podcast source, your audio source for high school lacrosse in Connecticut and lacrosse overall. How you doing? I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley, and at the top of the show, you heard the delirious Guilford Indians all fired up after their 6-3 victory over Daniel Hand, their first victory over Hand in about four years. They're all fired up. You have Deadlin Allfeld, the goalie. You have you know Brian White, the head coach. He's proud of his guys. And, of course, John DeLucia, who scored three goals. Let me tell you something. That kid was tremendous. Uh, first time I got to see him on a lacrosse field, obviously he was a stud in hockey, and he's a stud on the lacrosse field. He, he, was, he, scored, he only scored three goals, so, you know, hands defense – did a nice job, but there was some time that they had. There was just no way anybody. I don't care who they could have had a whole All American defense there, and they weren't. Uh, they weren't stopping him. He he just seized the field. He could score from any corner of the of the of the field. I, I just I was kind of floored. I, I I was really impressed. I knew he was really good, and and just a really solid win by Guilford. They they justify their number nine ranking. And uh, and away we go. We got a we got a big week. It's just one of the many big games this week. I'm joined by my cohort, Michael Fornabile, who I am informed snuck into the Fairfield Prep uh, briefly Zilfer, Gil, uh, Fairfield Prep Xavier game uh, that I also attended uh, up in Middletown. Uh, it was a showdown. Eh, let's call it a showcase for Fairfield Prep. Yeah. Mason Reale scored six goals. Including there was a stretch there in the third quarter. They scored three three goals in thirty seven seconds. Seconds, and by then the game was already over. By that, and then it was really over. Michael, how you doing today? And welcome back to the show. Good to see you, Sean. How's everything going? Everything is going great. Glad to see you getting out uh, to feel lacrosse games. I know uh, you know the Sound Tigers also keeping you a little busy there with their their playoff series. You know, do or die tonight, yes, Thursday, April twenty fifth, when we're recording this. Uh, how the Sun Tigers? You know, it was a tough one the other night, huh? It was tough. Well, it's they're two really evenly matched teams, and uh, you know, kind of a coin flip series. And all three games so far have been kind of that kind of game. And Hershey's up two to one in the best of five. So we'll see what happens yeah. tonight, and then uh, maybe free me up for a lacrosse. Yeah, well, you know, it would be really nice. To get, I know you you, you you enjoy covering the Sun Tigers, but we'd love to get you full time here on lacrosse. But it was nice to, nice to know you're at the game. That would uh, give me some of your impressions of the week yeah, that was you know, Fairfield Prep beating Xavier. After Xavier had seemed yeah, to, uh, they got on the cusp of the top ten and the yeah, first big know, test, they, and yeah, they had a nice little run going. And you know, even you know, just uh, just talking to Scott the other day, you know, he was saying, you know, this is this is going to be a big step up for us mm-hmm. Xavier, for Xavier, obviously, and uh, and it really was. I mean, I was walking in, I, I, the first time I could see the scoreboard, it was three to one, and by the time I got there, it was five to one. Yeah, and then there was that illegal uh, body check in the second quarter. Uh, locked in for two minutes. Prep just kind of took took the game over. Well, I mean, that, they probably had the game in pretty good. Yeah, hands <laughs> at that point anyway. But you know, just kind of a couple couple more goals there. It's it's ten to two by halftime. Then I I hopped over to another game for a little bit. But 
I guess I guess nothing really changed in the second half. I didn't really miss much. No, no, other than that uh, that the outburst there, which was impressive. You know, for mm-hmm. prep number three right now. Let's take a look at the top ten before we get to our first guy. We are going to speak to the Fairfield Prep head coach uh, Graham Neme, um coming up in a little bit. But just a quick rundown of the top ten. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, you know, after a, a couple of, I don't want to say dull weeks, uh, not a whole heck of a lot, but, you know, we're going to look at the top 10 real quick. Um, number one, obviously, Darianne. Uh, they, they beat Wilton last week to win Jeff Braymeyer's uh, uh, 600th, which we, we talked to him last week. That was, that was great. And they're going down to Long Island uh, for the uh, Geico High School Lacrosse Classic at uh, St. Anthony. St. Anthony, one of the, the nationally ranked powers, and Sure, Darian. A little TV that. time. Yeah, a little ESPN, nice. ESPN U, ESPN three. So that should be interesting. I'll be at that. Uh, I'll be at the Sunday game, not the Saturday game. But um, in number two, Ridgefield. They have a big, big win over uh, over Staples on, on Tuesday night uh, after the poll came out, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, nip and tuck there for a little while. I mean, Staples had a lead. And next thing you know, well, Colsey happened. I should say <laughs> the 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 younger Colsey, the the freshman Ryan Colsey, the son of the head coach, with an Absolutely insane goal. It's obviously going to be good to beat Ridge, uh, beat Staples. You know, it's interesting. You know, like you mentioned, that the poll was done before that game, and uh, you know, Fairfield Prep and Ridgefield had been tied the week before, and right. all of a sudden, you know, Ridgefield opens up a pretty substantial lead on second for second place over the Jesuits this week. It's uh, you know, I always, always joked in hockey season hashtag poll math. It's always funny to <laughs> see these little changes and different different votes that add up to. Massive swings. Well, funny. right. They were tied, and then the Fairfield Prep uh, law that Saturday lost to Massapequa 16-7 in a game that was tied 3-3 at halftime. Mm-hmm. You know, Massapequa showed up late. I mean, I, look, that's tough coming from the island. Oh, yeah. Coming from the island and getting up to uh, a, and getting up to, to Fairfield, uh, that's that's tough. Um, they, they, I don't know. They might have – they didn't probably, but uh, next time, guys, take the ferry, please. Save yourself <laughs> a lot of, uh, uh, you know, save yourself a lot of aggravation. I mean, I know it might be a little bit more money and – Whatever, what have you, but the ferries are a really good option in that situation. But, you know, then Massapequa just rolled away from it. Fairfield Prep came right back. They beat uh, Xavier in their quote-unquote showdown 20 – or it was tw- I don't even know if it was 20 to 19 or, or, or 20 like or 19. Looks like it finally wound up 20. To yeah. To uh, this, the box score I have has 19 goals listed, uh-huh. and then the scoreboard says 20. So someone scored probably toward the end. I don't remember. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll talk to Graham Neeman in a little bit. Number four, Glastonbury. Uh, they're still undefeated. Uh, they beat uh, Cheshire and South Windsor, uh, and and this week this is this is a big moment for for Glastonbury coming up. They 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 play host to number five New Canaan. Yep, that should be a good one. That that uh, they they swung right there, right uh, you know hopping over New Canaan this week who had uh, lost to Avon Old Farms. And uh, so that'll be uh, – that should be interesting. There's a lot of talent out there. Yeah. Well, this is usually where uh, the pretenders go to die when you when you face a team like uh, New Canaan. Quentin O'Connell uh, had a really nice game where they beat St. Joseph 12-4. I mean, that's a game you thought maybe St. Joseph might have a little – because since they did well against Greenwich. Right. And, uh, but New Canaan really, really showing what, what, what playing a really tough schedule to start the season. They're only four and four, but that, that does not really give you a real and accurate picture of how good New Canaan is. I, I think they're a little low at number five they're, there. Uh, they're four and oh against the CIAC right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, that's going to be a really tough game for Glastonbury. And uh, as I kind of put in, in the lead into the poll that you compiled, Glastonbury jumping over New Canaan. I don't know that these kids don't look, really look at the polls that much, but hey, look. It, 
They're number four. We're number five. Let's show them how what it's like to play in Fairfield County. But listen, that's a good Glastonbury team, you know, and Hazard and and uh, and Tierney. And I'm really anxious. This is this is their moment. This is their big moment here. Um, coming in at number six, New Fairfield's in in the middle of their uh, SWC schedule, and nobody's touching them. Rolling along. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, another week to Newtown, and then uh, see what happens. Well, Barlow, well, Barlow's been kind of up and down, but still. And then uh, May fourth against Newtown, that could be the big one. And then Glastonbury a week later for them. So. Right, that'll be interesting. I, I think uh, I did see them last week uh, just for a little bit, and they put a pounding on Weston, which had, had jumped into the pole, seventeen four, and good team, really good team. And I, I don't see anyone in the SWC. No. I mean, let's, well, Newtown is sitting there at number eight. We'll see what their uh, Let's see what they got. But the Newtown's got to play Guilford on Saturday, yep. which should be a very should be another fun. fascinating uh, matchup. Yep. Um, lots of lots of good games this week. Really, yeah, I think we're really getting into the mid schedule. You got St. Paul against St. Joseph. See what St. Paul can do down there, right? And then St. Joseph. How about this? St. Joseph. I mean, St. Joseph. St. Paul, after beating uh, Bacon Academy the other other day, you know, Bacon Academy is a solid ECC ECC team. Uh, they were they were we're legit. Everybody, we're legit. And I was a little like, uh, okay. I love the confidence. I love it, guys. Yep. Uh, you know, St. Joseph ain't Bacon Academy. Or, you know, vice versa. Bacon Academy ain't St. Joseph. Like, this is your – talking about teams – talking about teams with their big moment. St. Paul, it's all right. Opportunity. If you're a contender, like you say you are, if you're legit, you got to win this game. Let's see it, you know. Let's see it, guys. You know, I, you know, and we can talk all day about, uh, you know, that's how. The fun of it, though, right? Yeah, that's the fun of it. Well, but this is, you know, I, I get a kick out of it. Like, guys, I looked at their record. They're, they lost the game. They lost to East Catholic. Which I, is a good team. Right. Good team. Um, it was only by goal. And then they beat, uh, you know, Baker County. Really good. Good start. But St. Paul, let's. I thought they should pump the brakes a little bit. I don't. Let's not get crazy. Play St. Joe. See how you do. If you beat St. Joe, then you can chirp. You can chirp a little bit, especially, you know, for Class S school. So, anyway, uh, looking at number seven, Staples, uh, just another heartbreaker. For them. They just can't get over the hump sometimes, you know. You know, they beat Greenwich, they beat Trumbull, and they get, get Ridgefield, and they're, they're up, 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 and they they could not hold that lead. They had a substantial one against number two ranked teams. So, uh, you know, we'll say they're going to they're gonna play Cold Spring Harbor uh, on th- Thursday when this podcast is being recorded, and then they get Wilton. So and then and then crazy they only have four more yep. games. Yep, that uh, that's a heck of a schedule early on, but they've done well with it. So you give them that. Yeah, they get a nice break. I, I don't I don't know. I I personally would like that kind of reverse. You don't play a lot early and then then you play games. I I think you finish. I don't know. I mean, have to we'll have to talk to them a little bit about that. But having most of your games played, I mean, th- their midseason was like last week. <laughs> which is which is crazy, but uh, you know that's a big week for them. They need to rebound. Still a solid, solid uh, start. They're only uh, they only have two losses. Um, we'll see with that. So we have Guilford number nine coming in. They 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 went a squeaker over Notre Dame West Haven the other night, um, twelve to ten, and then uh, then they played uh, then they played hand and uh, and that was they hadn't beaten them in a while, and, and that was kind of legit. Uh, I thought Guilford's defense was great. We talked a little bit about Delucia, who's just an athlete. And uh, just a very fascinating game coming up with them. Obviously, you have Newtown the weekend. uh, And then they get Fairfield Prep, which is the benchmark in the SEC. And then sitting there at number 10, kind of like Mr. Irrelevant, Greenwich. 
which finally snapped its uh, uh, losing streak um, the other day. They they were just kind of mired. They lost to Staples. They lost to Niskayuna of New York, 14-8. And then they finally got off the snide. They played Stanford, which, you know, not at that level. But you know what? They need, they desperately needed that one mm-hmm. uh, before they, they go into uh, tonight's game against uh, number five, New Canaan. So that, that should be very, very uh, interesting. Mike, overall, looking at the top ten, what do you think? You know, it's 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 Darian and everybody else at this point. Yep. You know, it's uh, you know, there's there's still some things to be sorted out. You know, Ridgefield seems to get that uh, seems to have the confidence of the voters at the moment, anyway. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot of interesting games in the next couple of weeks. To really, really sort some things out and see where we see where we kind of stand yeah. as we get into the home stretch here. One of the games we did that did not get played this week, I was surprised that was uh, Summers versus. Uh, Connored mm. up there. Uh, yeah, Summers was postponed twice. This yeah, that Elling- Ellington on Tuesday, I think, and they were they were postponed as well. Summers is one of those Friday. teams. You know what? You talk about your you know your your St. Pauls and St. Josephs, and Summers is that team in the public school in Class S. You know they're the public school's hope in Class S. And Summers uh, was supposed to play Connor, which I thought was a fascinating game. Yep. Connor beat Ludlow earlier last night. They had a really nice uh, win over Southington. Um, that L versus S CCC NCC crossover on Friday now, yep. I believe Friday that's now. Right. Um, I'm going to try and get up there to see that game. I think that's going to be a fascinating matchup. See where Summers really is. They're they're undefeated right now. Probably, maybe if you really want to be honest with yourself, maybe they deserve to be in that ten spot. I'm sure they always uh, they'd always they'd love to see that, but. You know, uh, that's a really good test for them as as they go forward. Uh, uh, summer is probably one of their biggest games of the year. Getting some poll support too, a few different voters. So yeah, I mean they're only sitting there at number twelve. We don't count those really. That you're unranked if you're not ten. You know, so uh, but they're right there behind Xavier. Uh, they're going to be there in the end, I, I think. But it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, this. Summers is almost in spring, you know, almost in Massachusetts. Like you know, it's, you might as well be playing in the. You know the Massachusetts League, so we don't really get to get to see them a whole heck of a lot unless they come down here. Um, you know, and they're always in the in the in the mix as far as you know, winning championships. So they get Connored at four o'clock on Friday, and that uh, that's probably they're going to be their biggest game the rest of the way. They got Granby, Old Lime, Canton, Ellington again, and then Rockville, Stafford, and then Waterford and. You know, uh, so this this is probably Summers' like last big game before they he- they head into the state tournament, and I'm really anxious to see how they uh, perform. Other than that, I mean, they're they're beating everybody like by double digits. Sixteen, they've scored 16, 18, 19, 16, 12, 17, 13, and seventeen. Can we uh, can we get them in the SEC or something? <laughs> I mean, or at least put them in the CCC. Uh, I would love to see. I mean, uh, Summers they obviously take their lacrosse lacrosse seriously. Um, so that's going to be a fascinating game to watch on Friday. Another action from Wednesday night out of the CIAC, we had this massive, massive uh, showdown between two of the top ten nationally ranked teams in the country, which was Brunswick of Greenwich versus the Hill Academy, which is in Ontario. So I don't know if it's national; it's more like international <laughs> rankings. In that game, Dyson Williams scored with two minutes forty seconds left in overtime to lift the. Uh, the visitors of Hill Academy over Brunswick. So Brunswick, which was ranked number fourth in the inside lacrosse under our uh, national poll, Hill Academy was the number six ranking. Uh, I don't know if they have a national championship or anything. 
Um, but I guess if you want to be number one in the national poll, um, it looks like uh, Hill Academy is going to be jumping over Brunswick. But that really it looked like a really awesome game down there. Um, you can see that at Local Live. I uh, see replays of that at Local Live. You can also read about that. Uh, our guy Dave Fierro was on the scene uh, down in Greenwich. You can read all about that in GameTimeCT.com. Um, so anyway, um, so that's kind of like a look at the week. Any other big games we're missing this week, Mike? That we didn't we mention. I think we fit most of them. I think we'll 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 bring up Shamanad Fairfield Prep with uh, Graham Neamey in a moment. Yeah. And of course, joining us on the podcast is the aforementioned head boys lacrosse coach at Fairfield Prep, Graham Neamey. Graham, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Doing great, Sean. Thanks for having me, um, Mike. Too appreciate you guys having uh, having me on today. Uh, thanks for being on. Oh, look at this bio I got for you. Like, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm looking at the Fairfield Prep website right now. And, and you know, you want to talk about accomplished lacrosse coaches uh, in, in, in guys who've just been around the game for so long. He was, uh, Coach Nimi was a four-year letter winner in Maryland. He was uh, a, a 1997 graduate, so he played on some of those great teams that I got to see. Uh, in, yep. in the mid '90s, when I was at Syracuse, and uh, we happened to take one from uh, from the uh, the Terps in 1995, which all you Syracuse guys like reminded me of that. Man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they they just could not win a a national championship, no matter what you could do, you know. And I, and it, you know, and that was just that stuck in their crown. They finally got it a couple of years ago. Finally, yes, they did. And, yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, we did. But uh, you know, not only was he, you know, one of the, I mean, one of the great midfielders at Maryland, and he went on. and He's had a great coaching career. He's been basically everywhere. Uh, he, and, and most recently, before he came to Fairfield Prep, uh, Coach Amy was at Yale and, and helped them get kickstarted on this run that eventually culminated in their national championship uh, last year. Although Coach wasn't there, he was at Fairfield Prep. So, uh, you know, how does it feel to be a, a part of uh, building a, a program like that? Oh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, when we got there, um, you know, when I was with Andy, when we got there, we obviously there was program was in, you know, needed a little bit of, uh, you know, attention. We had a little bit of a rebuild to do and it, it wasn't easy. You know, there was a lot of, um, a lot of tough seasons before that we started, you know, winning a couple of Ivy titles and getting the team back to the NCAA tournament. And then, uh, you know, obviously after I left, they just keep getting better and better. And those guys do an incredible job uh, uh, coaching and they got incredible kids and support. You know, the whole thing is just I tell people all the time. It's it's now set up so well for them um, from every aspect, you know, alumni support, admission support, um, just everything they do is really, really, really top notch and, and, and well done. Um, it was fun to be a part of all those years. A lot of fun. Yeah, you were there for 13 years, and uh, yeah, uh, and and before that, you were you were a JUCO, you were a D th- in the, in the D3 ranks. You've been basically everywhere. I mean, Loyola. I've tried, I think I've tried everything. I've tried everything. The JUCO thing was fun. You know, I was I was the first. You know, I coached at Maryland my fifth year as an undergrad because mm-hmm. um, I was still finishing up school, and then I uh, moved back home, was working, um, and the local uh, you know junior college needed an assistant, so. I started doing stuff with them and was fortunate enough to uh, to win a national championship with those guys. It had I think we had ten or eleven kids actually from my high school that were on that team, um, which was really cool. They were freshmen when I were when I was a senior, and then after uh, they graduated, a lot of kids you know they go to junior college in that area. So it was fun to coach them. We had a great year, and then I you know went on to be a grad assistant at Washington College, and and then I got a chance to work with Dave Cottle for two years, yeah. one at Loyola and one at Merrill, which was so much fun. Um, I, I probably learned. Sometimes I, people take this the wrong way, but I, I think I learned more in like two seasons with him than I did in the other 18 seasons I coached. You know, sometimes it, it's literally that's how 
how incredible he was to me as a man, you know, he taught me so many things about how to treat people and how to coach and how to, how to compete in practice. And he was so creative offensively. And, um, that was just a great, he, he is, you know, he's still coaching now, believe it or not, he's mm. with the Bayhawks again. And, uh, but, um, that was a lot of fun. And then obviously the, the, the 13 years at Yale was great, um, great run. And, and I got a whole bunch of rings out of it, which was really cool. And, uh, and lucky to be here. You know, I, when I, when I, when I left there, I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. And uh, I was fortunate enough that, um, you know, Chris Smallkais had stepped away here and there was a job open and um, um, I had turned down a couple of other assistant jobs um, in Division One lacrosse. And then this job opened. I didn't have to move. My wife was happy. So <laughs> I checked a lot of boxes. I checked a lot of boxes. My wife, my wife does really well for herself and she wanted to stay in the area. She's from here. Um, and so it just worked out great on on every level. It's been so much fun. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Why, why Fairfield Prep? But you, you answered that question right there. Where, yeah. where, where are you from originally? Uh, I, I'm from um, Crofton, Maryland. So I went to Arundel High School, um, which is a public school in in Gamble's Odenton area. So um, played against like Annapolis High School and Broadneck High School and Sparta Park High School as a as a high school player. And then um, so it's like in the public school league down there. Mm-hmm. Kind of between uh, halfway between DC and Baltimore and Annapolis. It's kind yeah, of right in the middle of all of it. Basically a, a, a lacrosse hotspot, if not the lacrosse hotspot, the greater Baltimore. Yeah, I played with a ton of good players. Yeah, it was funny. I played with so many good players. I mean, my high school goalie was, um, who's now the coach at Serena Park High School. He he was a three or four team, uh, four time All Patriot League goalie at Army. Um, you know, there are a ton of guys that I played against. Uh, you know, the, Ryan Wade was at Carolina. Um, the Milford Marchant was at Johns Hopkins. A ton of guys I played against all growing up. Um, and all through high school that um, I played against in college, which was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess when you when you're when you're growing up down there, you really you can't avoid it. I mean, how did you get into the sport? Um, I mean, I, I in Crofton, everybody played. You know, everybody played lacrosse. You know, mm-hmm. we all played basketball. We all played golf. We all played baseball. But, you know, everyone kind of played anything growing everything growing up. Um, and then um, you know, I was all, always kind of basketball first. Uh, and then, you know, as I got older and older, I got better and better at lacrosse. I got to high school. They handed me a long pole. Um, and I and that just you know, seemed natural for my basketball background. And uh, kind of took off from there. I just kept getting better at it, you know. And, and a lot of people that, that coached me back then um, got a lot of great advice just, you know, because I was kind of chasing the basketball dream a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, and a lot of my coaches were like, listen, man, you're a you're a six four, you know, kid with a good stick and you can run and you're a good athlete. You should play lacrosse. So, um, you know, I ended up getting uh, a couple different options coming out of high school, but University of Maryland being the best one of the ones that, you know, at that time. Plus it was in um, your backyard. Long, yeah, I think it was 15 miles from my house to University of Maryland. Uh, I mean, it's, that's literally how far it was. Um, and uh, it was great for my mom and dad. My, my mom and dad are from the Midwest. Um, uh, both my mom and dad are, are, are deaf. Um, so they, they both went to Gallaudet um, in Washington, D.C., and they, and they settled there in, in, uh, in Crofton. So it was great for them because they're, you know, they're 15 to 20 minutes, you know, from every game. Um, so they were able to come watch me play and um, be a part of those final fours I was in. And mm. it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That's right. We should mention you were in uh, you were in three final fours in your career, right? No, wait. Two, two. two. No, 95. No, 95. We lost to Cuse in the finals. Yep. And then 96, we were the number one team in the country for about half the year. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Johns Hopkins upset us in the quarterfinals um, up there. Um, and then 97, I was an assistant and we lost to, we beat Syracuse actually in the semifinals yep. in that 17, 16 game, which was a great game. Yeah. Um, and then ended up losing to Princeton in the final. I think, um, I, yeah. I think the score was a little lopsided. Everybody lost to Princeton back then. <laughs> yeah, they did. They we did. lost one back to back years. It was 
Yeah, they were uh, they were on quite a run, man. Not, we didn't have much we could do. I think we well, so I think we emptied the tank a little on Saturday playing against you know it was Ryan and, Ryan and Casey were out there in that game. And, and yeah, Ryan and Casey Pell. Yeah, we were. Yep. Mike, well, Casey was my classmate, but um, really great. Anyway, it's funny how like he was so great, and then they we we you know we beat you in that that '95 championship. We, yeah, I, I didn't play. <laughs> Got to be a journalist. Sorry, you can say we. I can say well, we. you know, that's my alma mater. Anyway, uh, but and then we we didn't win again, you know, which is a. You know, we got beat they're hard the... to get. They're hard to get. They're hard to get. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, I've been a college coach for 20 years. You just—they're hard to get, man. You have, and when you get a chance to to be in the NCAA tournament every time you play a game is special. And and they're hard, it's hard to win one NCAA tournament game. You look at you know mm. some of the records of these guys that are incredible coaches. They it's hard to win you know four or five NCAA tournament games in your career. You know what I mean? It's so it's so difficult to get in, and then when you get in, it's hard to win. You know. You play uh, for a, you play for a really pretty good coach there at Maryland too. Uh, yeah, Dell. Coach Dell, man, it's my you know it's like you know unfortunately lost him. You know, yeah, last, last year. year. Yeah, it's out of here. Yeah, and and um, he was real special to me and just you know taught me a lot about not not so much you know always about the X's and O's with with coach. It was always about how how hard you played and how how hard you practiced and how you treated other people, um, how you went about your business every day. He he, he was so much about those things, um, and it was it was it was fun for me last year mainly because. I told I told a coach Adele's story a day um, for like three or four weeks um, after he passed, and the kids loved it. I mean, mm-hmm. I have so many of them I could tell them for hours. You know, just like <laughs> just like any Syracuse guy can say you know say that about Coach Simmons. Oh yeah. And the kids kind of kids kind of embraced it and really like they were they were psyched to hear different things that he had done and said and um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to kind of revisit a lot of those memories and um, obviously we miss them a, a lot. Um, I keep a picture of him in my office that you know that I look at every day and. He's uh, he's like my hero, you know. It's it's tough to uh, not have him anymore. Yeah, one of my favorite stories is, and I was actually looking at his bio up, and uh, when uh, when John Tillman, the current uh, the Maryland coach, first got to his championship game, he turned to uh, Coach Adele and, and asked him for <laughs> advice. He goes, "I got nothing for you, man. We lost all three. <laughs> he, he goes, "I can tell you how to win the semifinal game, but I, I, I you know I, I can't help you on the on the national championship. I I, I just can't do it." No, um, he, he he tried everything. By the way, in ninety five, he took us. I think we won. You know, went on Saturday, and then Sunday he takes us, he takes us to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> literally we practiced for like 30 minutes and he puts us back on the bus and we go to the dc zoo for the day it was some um, i mean because i think he was just trying to get our minds off the game you know what i mean right it's like dick uh, for, dick for meal and the, the, the philadelphia eagles he basically did everything by the book in 80 and, and they couldn't win and everyone thought like they just choked and then he comes back with the rams 20 years later or whatever it was and uh you know he was just like we're just gonna do whatever and, and you know you never can't tell i mean that's just no you, you can't you know and it's and, you know big games everyone acts different ways and and uh that's one of the things you try to teach kids during the course of the season you try to you try to treat them all the same you know what i mean no matter what the scoreboard says no matter you know whether you're playing well or playing poorly you try to teach them that it's it's just it's like you know you got to be present that's our that's one of our big themes this year so you got to be present you just got to be in the moment all the time because the bigger the moment gets you can't change. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you got to stay the same. And and we talk about it. And when every game we play, we talk about it, you know, down by, you know, five, the massive people late in that game, or, you know, we, I was saying that and up by, you know, a handful yesterday, I was saying the same thing, um, you know, and then I think that's just our message, you know, going back to, you know, how, how you handle those big moments. Well, speaking of which, um, you guys, uh, you know, now you're at Fairfield, probably you've been here, what, three years now? Um, taking over for three the, years. Yeah. The great yep. Chris Smallkais who, you know, yep. won, a, won a few titles over the years, and uh, you know, coming from college after all those years and getting back into the the high school game, you know, what did you, you know, what what was the biggest difference that you noticed? Um, uh, you know, I, I think the thing with the high school game is it's not as it's not as overcoached. 
You know, I think what happens in college, you just have, you have so much time with your team and you have so much time to prepare for games that I think sometimes you, I know at least I felt like that with a lot of college, you know, with me when I did it, it's like, you're just constantly saying the same things and, and kind of overdoing some of the things that you do on the lacrosse field, just because that's just the nature of it. Um, you have, you know, you have a whole week to prepare for a game, you know, whereas in high school, you know, I think you, you find yourself focusing more on yourself um, and working more on what you do and what, and what you're trying to do well. Um, because again, like there's weeks you have three games in a week. There's weeks you have, you know, like, you know, we took Friday, Saturday and Sunday off, you know, from Massapequa and we come back on Monday, we practice Monday, practice Tuesday, play Wednesday, you know? And, and so a lot of times I think you're just more focused on your team. Um, you don't get as focused on your opponent. Um, and that part of it, I really like, uh, I'll be, you know, candid. You know, I love coaching in college all those years, but sometimes I think the preparation part of, um, or that should be sometimes the over preparation, I should say sometimes of just scouting reports and, and over analyzing every single person and, and step on the field is like it got, you know, whereas this is more, you're just worried about yourself. Yeah. You're constantly worried about yourself and being critical of who you are and what you are and what you're trying to do. Um, and I think that's one of the most fun parts about doing it. You know, my staff says, you know, Tony balance is my defensive coordinator. He, he calls it, he calls us college light. You know, yeah. we're like a light version of college. We do a lot of the same things that the college teams do. We just do it on a much more basic level. We we don't overdo a lot of the um, a lot of the details to it. We just keep it very basic and try and do it really well. Um, and that makes it fun, you know. And that and that makes it fun. How many kids would you say, on average, of your average, maybe you know, high school lacrosse? How many kids have had like a a lifetime's worth of experience playing the sport now nowadays? I, I mean, oh. Like new, how many new kids are, are there now? Yeah, how many kids like come in where it's only they've been only doing it for a few years, where uh, as opposed to you know maybe the kids have just been playing lacrosse since they were. They oh, were I think I think young. I think what I've seen, at least for me, what I see is on the offensive end, it's uh, most of those kids I feel like are, are kids that have played a long time. They 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 do play other sports, but their primary you know thought process is lacrosse, mm-hmm. um, and they are playing a second season somewhere during the year. You know what I mean? So. You know, you take a kid that's maybe a hockey player. He's playing lacrosse in the spring. He's playing lacrosse in the summer. And then, you know, once summer lacrosse ends, he's focused on hockey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the football guy is, is a little similar. He's probably playing spring and summer or he's playing spring and winter. Um, because, again, I think the offensive guys are kind of have to be that way. And the skill level of the best teams in Connecticut or in New England is just so high. Mm-hmm. If you pick up the sport late and you're, you're trying to be an offensive player, I think yeah. it's a little bit harder. Right. This doesn't mean you can't do it. it doesn't mean you can't do it. I just think it's harder. Right. On you could be a natural end, or something. No doubt. No doubt. But on the defensive end, I think you find more kids that are newer, um, you know, that are maybe football's their primary thing or hockey's their primary thing and lacrosse is their secondary thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those guys, because, you know, on defense, maybe your skill level doesn't, be, doesn't have to be quite as high. We want it to be, but it doesn't have to be quite as high. We're able to kind of – um, you know, get some kids who don't play summer lacrosse or don't play club lacrosse or don't, you know, play year round can be good defenders. Uh, and that's, that kind of is our program. I mean, our program right now, most of our kids on the defensive end are guys off the football and hockey teams that right. are really good athletes and really good competitors um, that, you know, football and or hockey is their main sport, but you know, they're because they're so athletic and they're so competitive, they're able to help my program. Right. Tell me a little bit about this team. I mean, listen, you got athletes all over the field. Yeah. I mean, you want to start with uh, Mason Reale. He's just, yeah. yeah, he's just a you know the kid, little kid, but he you know he, he you could just you could just tell who's who's just a natural at this, and you, you just by his moves and what he can do, uh, you know, as your feeder. 
um, you know, tell me a little bit about him and then kind of go out and, and tell me about the rest of the team. Yeah. yeah I mean, Mason, um, you know, Mason obviously got a ton of accolades last year. You know, he was, uh, he was an all American. He was SEC player of the year. He was yeah. New Haven register player of the year. Um, his first team all state. Um, and he, you know, he's been, he was an all state player as a midfielder, as a sophomore. Um, and uh, he's just a really creative player. I and mean, that's one of the things you, things you get with a, from a kid like him is that he has a creative mind. Um, he wants to score and make plays. Um, you know, he, he's, he's not afraid to, to take on anybody when it comes to dodging. Um, and he just sees himself as the kind of kid that can be, you know, an initiator and a creator in your offense. And, um, he, you know, he's a talented kid and he can score in a lot of different ways he can score an extra man. He can score in transition. Um, he's good in the half field game. And, um, and we're, and we're trying to, you know, and I'll say it, I'm, we're asking him to be a little bit, we're trying to get him to be a little bit more of a distributor with this group. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, and he's doing a, a great job. And he, and last year he did a lot of dodging and he's up top a lot this year. We're kind of asking him to do a little bit, um, some other things. Um, I think this team needs it. Um, you know, he was an all SEC basketball player too, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, he's a pretty good athlete. Um, right. And he, didn't he, didn't he go like, he didn't play basketball the year before. And then he, he didn't played. play last year. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, he was kind of, fo- he, uh, you know, for whatever reason, decided not to play as a junior and then came back this year, you know, new head coach, Michael Pally came in and, and uh, Mason kind of embraced it and, and had a great season as a point guard. Um, and uh, got second team all SEC. So, you know, he's a really good athlete and he's done a great job with his, with his body, you know, he was 142 pounds and he was a sophomore and he was second team all state. And I know I've challenged him to, I said to him, listen, man, you, you know, you want to be, you know, you want to take it to the next level. You got to be a 170 pound kid, you know, and then when you get to college, you got to be a 190 pound kid. Um, and he has worked really hard on, you know, putting on weight and getting stronger and, and being more resilient physically. Um, and it's helped him a ton. Yeah. And um, he's going to Villanova, it, right? Yeah. Yeah, Mason signed a national level talent Villanova in the fall. Um, committed to them when he was a sophomore. Wow, yeah. Um, and um, and they recruit. You know, it's a great recruit for them. He's a he's a kid that can definitely play in the midfield, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's where he ends up. Um, you know, he's going to be a handful against the short stick. He'll be a good mm-hmm. shooter. He's a great shooter. Um, he should be a really good college player. And then he plays with. You know, we've had the same attack. You know, line for two years. Um, with um, with Ethan Grandolfo and Patrick McAlevey. Yep. Uh, you know, Ethan's our Ethan's been a lefty starter on attack since he was a freshman. Um, and he's, uh, he's going to the United States Air Force Academy. Wow. Um, and he's having a tremendous season. He's really playing well right now. I mean, he is, um, he's probably the best he's played since he's been here. Um, he's really healthy. Uh, he's a great shooter. Uh, he's great in extra man. He's great in transition. Uh, he, you know, he really um, is a dynamic player. Uh, he, he's really stepped it up um, early on in the season. And um, he's the kind of kid. He's just so tough in so many situations. Great when the ball's on the ground. He's a great rider. You know, and, and all these kids, you know, and I, I try to tell them, like, you know, when you get to college, you got to be able to do more than one thing, yeah. you know. And it's, and I think with these two kids, with Mason and Ethan, is that they are, are they're, I'm challenging them to do more than one thing. And I think they are responding to it. And, and they're, they're trying to be more than just shooters and more than just dodgers, you know. Because, again, when you get to college, like I tell these kids all the time, eventually the guy standing in front of you is going to be better than you. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and if you can't run by him, what are you going to do? Like, what else can you bring to the table? Um, and that's what, you know, I try to teach those guys and they've done a, a real good job with that. And, and, and then the third kid is Pat McAlevey and he stepped into the starting lineup as a sophomore about halfway through the season last year. Um, and he's, you know, he's our best off ball player. He's, you know, he plays the point on the breaks. He plays on the crease and extra man. Um, he's a really smart, um, really good all around the cross player. I mean, he's just one of those kids that, you know, if you could ever like, you know, for high school, like, you know, invent the sixth guy in your offense you know the guy who's at the end of every play it's him because um, he finishes everything inside um, he's really smart off ball 
Um, he makes great decisions with the ball in transition. He just does so many things to um, to make his teammates better. Um, so he's done a great job. Um, and in the midfield, you know, the, the, the big thing with this team is, you know, we got Pete Cavanaugh back. Yeah. Um, and uh, Pete was a great player as a sophomore. Um, I thought was one of the best middies in Connecticut um, in his class that year. And then last year, just the injury bug got him. He got hurt in football. Yeah. Um, and he's a great football player. He's going to Carnegie Mellon to play football. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then, um, then, blew, then so he has shoulder surgery and then comes back and he blows out his ankle. Um, and he's so tough. I mean, the kid, I call him the Terminator. Like, he's so tough. He just doesn't feel pain. Like, he keeps wanting to go back out there. I'm like, Cab, you, you can barely walk. He's like, and he says to me, Coach, I'm fine. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. And um, so, you know, having him healthy and, and in the middle of the field, he takes wings, he plays man up, he plays man down, uh, he plays in our first midfield. I mean, he basically is out there in every scenario we can have him on the field. And he has been a great addition to have back. I mean, he, he had three assists yesterday. Um, he can dodge and score, he can feed. He can play defense. Um, he, he can do just about everything on the lacrosse field. So he's running with uh, Connor Boyle um, and Jack Essie. Uh, Connor um, is a, is one of uh, two three-sport varsity athletes um, here yeah, at Fairfield Big Prep. boy. 5'11", almost 200. Yep, Connor's a big kid. He, he, you know, he's been a, a, a three-year varsity football player, um, and he started out as a quarterback and then moved uh, as a played running back as a, as a junior, and this year started a linebacker for us. Um, he was captain of our ice hockey team um, this year that won the state title. Yeah. Um, and he's a captain on our lacrosse team. And he, he has stepped up the other things in his game. You know, we challenged him to, to be more than just a shooter. Everyone looks at him and says, okay, big kid and the ball, you know, ball comes out of his stick. You know, he can shoot at a hundred miles an hour. He, he can move it. And, and, but I said to him, what else are you going to do? You know, can you play defense? Can you play wings? You know, can you be on the field for more minutes and do more things than just catch and shoot? Uh, and he has been incredible. I mean, he is doing, he's, you know, him and Pete Cavanaugh have been just playing heavy minutes for us at both ends of the field. Um, and then Jack Essie's the third guy running with those guys. And Jack, uh, Jack's a hockey player here at prep, was on the varsity hockey team uh, uh, this, uh, this winter, uh, had a great season for those guys, and is doing a great job um, with those guys on our first midfield line. And how about your goalie, Finn O'Connor? I mean, I, I saw him against, uh, you know, the other day he was great, and against Xavier yep. and, you know, against Massapequa, I saw the first half, and he, he was he was stonewalling him for that first half. It was 3-3, yep. and then they kind of got away from it. But, uh, you know, he, he's uh, he's been pretty good for you guys too. He's off to a great start. You know, he um, he's clear. One of the things with him, you know, he's been a three-year varsity kid, started half the games as a sophomore, um, started most of the games last year. Um, and, uh, you know, we asked him to just be a better clearer. And he's worked really hard in his clearing game. He's doing a much better job with that. The ball's getting out better. It's much better passing coming out of his stick. And um, and he had, he had a tough second half against Massapequa. I think we all did. I mean, there's no secret there. Yeah. And um, but he, well, they're uh, good. I mean, they're good. Yeah, of course, of course. And he's been great in practice. You know, I and, and one of the things you hope happens for all these kids. A lot of kids play great in practice, and you want them to play great in the games. He has been great in practice, and I think he we're starting to see his best lacrosse. Um, he's playing with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, he's heading to Middlebury. Um, and uh, I think he's just going to keep getting better and better as the season goes on. Yeah, you look at you, how you guys start. I mean, it's you, you didn't get really, haven't really quite had the heavyweights. You, you finally, after three wins, three pretty dominant wins, you got Wilton in there. Which, listen, I, I know that they are struggling, you know, with their record, but that's yeah. still a great team. And that was a yeah. Pretty well, they're, they're just they're athletic on defense, and you know that, and the, and the goalie. I mean, the kid. I mean, in this in the quarterfinal game two years ago, I mean, the goalie practically beat us beat us by himself. Um, and uh, he's tough, and they're, they have they have college defensemen. You know those yeah. kids are great players. You know Previtt and, and Schreiber are great players. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we had they're 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 a good team. I think they're gonna they'll they'll respond here at some point. I mean, they gave Shaman out a thirteen to eight game, I think. Um, 
And so they got to get. They got a few injuries, so I think once they get healthy and get everybody back, they'll they'll be there down the stretch. Yeah, I think so. Too. But yeah, we, that, yeah, that was you know it was a good win for us. You know, I, I think, you know, I, it, I think we played pretty well. Um, I think there's you know I feel like uh, we can play a little bit better. Um, but it's an emotional game. You play a night game in Rafferty Stadium. The kids are excited, and I think uh, we got out to a good lead, and, and we let them get back into it, and then we uh, we got away from, the, from there at the end. But um, that was a good win for our program, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And then you're getting you – think well, you're obviously – you passed your first half with, with flying colors. Uh, Xavier scores first uh, yesterday, and uh, yep. then it was off to the races. But I, I, you know, I know you were up ten to two at halftime. But that, yep. that opening third quarter, <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. they scored three goals in thirty seconds. Thirty-seven seconds. Yeah, yeah. thirty-seven yeah. seconds. It was a face-off score, face-off score, face-off score, and it, yeah. before you knew it, you're like, okay, this game is over. Not that it wasn't before, but. Really, yeah, so, um, would, would you take away from that game? Uh, you know, like Xavier's. Well, when you're, yeah, you know, well, I mean, I think, I think the big, well, I mean, again, I think some for us, you know, in the middle of the field there, those face-offs, when we can have, you know, Sean Fox and Pete Cavanaugh on the wings, um, and 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 Max McGillicuddy facing off. I mean, those are three of the best athletes here at Fairfield Prep. Yeah. You know? So like, we feel like every time we face off, and those three guys are on the field, and, and Connor Boyle and, and, and Kyle Kalucci take some wings too. But you know, those three guys, if if it's a ground ball, you know, scramble, or it's a, if we pick it out clean and, and we can break up the field, you know, we're going to have a chance to score on a lot of faceoffs. Um, and, and that happened yesterday a bunch of times. Um, and I think that's, you know, one of the things about high school across for sure is if you can put, you know, three really good athletic kids out there on the faceoff, you're going to have chances. Yeah. Um, just because again, not everybody's FOGO is that athletic. Um, you know, not everybody's wing guys are the most athletic kids. We're able to put three of our best players on, you know, out there facing off. And that's a huge advantage for us. Um, and something we're, we, we know that's going to help us in these games. But yeah, yesterday, I think we just, um, we got a little bit of a slow start, but then, um, you know, things started clicking a little bit and guys are being unselfish and, you know, we have a young defense and I think, uh, they did a pretty good job, um, against their better players. And then Finn made, Finn made a couple of good saves early, and um, and you know, they had a penalty there in the, in the second quarter. I'm sure you saw they got a two minute unreleasable, mm-hmm. um, which gave us two goals and a little bit more momentum. So, um, but it was a good effort for the guys. Uh, you know, it's not an easy trip. You know, for us, you don't people don't realize it's an hour bus trip. Um, you know, you get there an hour early. You got to get off the bus, walk up the hill. You know, you got to get ready to play. You know, that game in hand for us in Guilford, those are three long bus rides for us. And every time we play those teams on the road, it's not always the, uh, the easiest games to, to, to play well in. Yeah. But the I, guys did a good job yesterday. I remember Chris Malkais' biggest uh, biggest complaint while he was coaching there was like, he uh, like, look, we're in Fairfield County. we got to play these Fairfield County teams. Like, get, get us out of here. You know, he was like one of the right. anti-SEC guys. <laughs> you know, he's like, look, I don't mind playing these teams, but like, you know, I, I want to play like the New Canyons of the world. But it looks like when I'm looking at your schedule here, I mean, you, you, you got your, your buddies from Long Island, Chaminade, but you guys play every year um, yep. on Saturday, which is good. Um, you used to play, you were telling me yesterday, you used to play, um, used to play them uh, on the weekdays, which that's a tough trip. Speaking of tough trips. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah we're move trying it to move. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no go ahead. Move all those games to the weekends. No, we were trying when I got here. I was like, looking, you know, looking at what we're doing and, and, and analyzing. You know, I had, a, I had a lot to learn when I got here. And I was, one thing, one of the things I learned was, you know, I, we need to try to get our, 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 those tough out of conference games just onto a weekend so we could, you know, give ourselves an extra day or two to prepare um and practice and then also just you know the just the bus trip and depending on where you're playing and when like we're going to bc high this year that's a long trip mm-hmm. um we go down and play slesianum down at rutgers university that's not a bad just 90 minutes but it's still an hour and a half on the bus right um so and then and then just moving those games around it just is, is great for us our, our league schedule is given to us 
Um, it, it, we typically play league games on Monday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so usually our week is, you know, a lot of times we practice Sunday um, and then, you know, you play Monday and then practice Tuesday, play Wednesday. We usually got to take a day off. We take Thursday off sometimes. And then, um, and then we'll practice Friday and play Saturday. And that can be a week for us. And that's yeah. fine. You know, our, our, that's not a, that's a good week. You know, we have, we have two of those weeks in a row coming up. So, um, it's going to be, we should have three in a row. So it's going to be exciting to play some of those guys. Yeah. Not, not a bad look. Just look, take, looking forward a little bit here. Uh, obviously Sham not, yeah. um, but then you, then you come right back to the SEC and you play a Guilford team, which undefeated ranked number nine. I mean, they yep. have a big win over hand last night. I thought their defense played great. We talked about them earlier in the show. Um, and, you know, and they had, they got a great player in uh, John Delusio. I mean, that kid, I kid. That's the first time I saw oh, him last stud. night. Uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, he's a stud. He yeah, can yeah, score from stud. anywhere, and if you're not if you're not paying attention, he, he's going to score on you again. I mean, he, he just he has great field vision and a really big win for them. I mean, that's that's you know looking like a, kind of the SEC game of the of the month, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, they're, uh, you know, and Brian's, I mean, I, you know, just speaking of, well, speaking of John, I mean, John's a great player. John coached John in middle school, and he was a great player then. And, yeah. uh, and he's, um, he's a great hockey player, and he's, a, he's gotten bigger and bigger and stronger. And he's, uh, he's a tough cover. I mean, we had a tough time covering him last year with our older kids on defense. So it'll be interesting to see how we match up um, with him. And the lefty attackman, um, you know, Jack Dacey's a player, too. You know, he's, yeah. uh, he's gotten in great shape, and, and he can shoot the ball, you know, from, from 12 to 15 yards. He's got great hands. Um, and so it's going to be a tough matchup and Brian's a great coach. You know, I think with, with him, he's just, he prepares his team really well. Um, if you watch his teams, they get better over the course of the season every single year. And, um, it'll be a tough game. The key to game, key to a game like that is, you know, the best way to stop, you know, good offensive players is to have the ball more than those guys. So, you know, Max McGillicuddy can keep facing off well, um, and we can keep, uh, you know, shooting the ball the way we've been shooting, and I think that'll that that'll be the the big key to you know to keeping the ball away from uh, from Delusion and Daisy. Yeah, that's um, Monday at five p.m. at Raftery, which is you know it's funny. I, I always complain Raftery. Oh, yeah, no football things on this field. <laughs> but I'll tell you, man, when you get to lacrosse, you're like, wow, this field's amazing. What a great place! It's great for lacrosse. Oh. Yeah, you know, it's so it's such a it's such a it's a great place to play a game. Um, we love we don't practice there that much until until after the, the two Fairfield U teams are done. Yep. Um, but in May we're there for practice in June, which is awesome because it's such a big, it's a huge space. Oh yeah. Um, and and there's six lacrosse goals out there, and we have we have the box goals out there, and it's a you know it's a great space to go out and do shooting and extra work, and um, obviously the vibe of being up there is great too. You know, you're in a big stadium with a scoreboard. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a great it's a great venue for us to be in. We're we're really fortunate to have that. Uh, just quickly looking at the rest of the schedule, you know, obviously yep. that that Saturday uh, May fourth game against Duquesne, you get them at your place. Yep. So yep. you know that's always a, a big. I mean, they're they're really good. Obviously, Quentin yep. O'Connell, and then you come back with the SEC North Haven. You go to BC High, and then you Notre Dame to hand, and then you you, you got this. Uh, what's this game at, at Del first Delaware down at Rutgers? You got to you got to pronounce that one, man. It's Silesianum. Silesianum. That's around so your neck of the woods. My, yeah, they've been the best team in, in Delaware for a long time. Um, one of my one of my closest friends, um, we coached together at Washington College. He's an assistant there, and so uh, when I got into high school coaching, um, we he reached out right away. He's like, "Hey, man, how can we how can we make you know make a game happen?" And I was like, "I would just do it. We'll see. We'll find a way." <laughs> um, so we found a date, and we both were looking for a game that was that we were. I wanted to play one, kind of right before the SEC tournament. Um, that I felt would be a really tough game. Um, and he was looking for the same thing. And so that date worked out for both of us. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a very similar to school to us. School to us, I think there are 825 or 50 boys. They got really good football. 
Um, they got really good basketball. That's where Dante uh, DiVincenzo went, you know, the kid from Villanova. Oh, yeah. They just got good athletes. Um, they got wrestlers and football players, and and um, and it's been a great game. We we got they beat us up a little bit the f- first time we played them two years ago. Uh, last year was a one goal game, and the rain at Rutgers is a great game. Um, and it's just a great out of conference game where you know I, I think for our kids, and I and, and I say this t- a little bit more than maybe I should now. I think the more that we play some teams that we don't know a lot about and and the more we're a little uncomfortable when we walk onto the field the better it is for us mm. you know when we play when we play new canaan we play wilton when we play any of those teams we our kids have been playing against those kids you know their whole lives and a lot of them play together in club in the summer right. you know what i mean and they see each other on football fields and they see each other on on, on, on hockey rinks you know and then all of a sudden when you throw a massapequa in there or you throw a, a, a Silesianum in there where they don't know anything about them um, there, it's a different kind of comfort level, you know what I mean? Um, and you got to go out there and you got to strap it on. You got to compete against somebody you don't, don't, don't know a lot about, you know, maybe you watch, you watch a little bit of film, um, a little bit of preparation, but I look at those games more as like, I think our kids aren't as, they're not in their comfort zone, you know? Um, and they're, so they're, they're great opportunities for us to, to compete, um, against really good teams, um, great opportunities to get better and keep improving. Yeah, and then you go to the SEC tournament, and then you see what happens there. But you know, what is it going to take to? Yeah, I know, I know, Roy, I know Roy beat him last year with the stall. But what's it going to yep. take to beat Darian in that class? L? I mean, they just look far. Yeah, and shoulders above yeah, they're everybody. Tough. I mean, they're tough. I mean, I, I go back. I mean, I watched them play when I was in when I was at Yale. I remember we recruited uh, Phil Hufford when he was you know mm-hmm. when he was at Darian, and, and I came and watched them play a couple of times during that time, and just um, you know left left. Every time I left watching them play, I just left so impressed with uh, just the pace at which they play. They play fast. They play hard. They, they compete in every situation. Um, you know, they, they play really well together. Um, and uh, I've watched a little bit of them this year. I've been trying to get, learn a little bit more about some of the other teams in the state, and, and I've watched them a little bit. And obviously, they're you know, across the board, they're athletic. Um, they got a lot of kids at lacrosse is their first thing. Um, and, and I think, you know, when you got there and you play against them, obviously I think, you know, one winning face-offs is probably one of the first things you got to do well. Oh, yeah. Um, if you let them have the ball a lot, I think that's obviously, you know, enormously in their favor. Um, and they're, and the thing with them too, is they're, 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 they battle test themselves. You know what I mean? They obviously play in the FCAC where they play some really strong games, but then they go out of conference and they play a, a tough schedule. Um, so when they get to States, you know, they're battle tested and ready to go. Um, but I don't know enough about them to, you know, to say mm, how right. you do it, but I, but I, I, I know I, I do think that, you know, the first thing you got to do is have the ball more than them. I, obviously, Roy did that last year um, and, and the way he did it and it worked out for them. Um, and uh, but ho- hopefully we get there. You know, let's just let's try to try to. Right. Get Fairfield Pro- Pro- Lo- looking uh, geez, we're looking for their first state state championship uh, since 2013. 13. 13, yeah. Which, 13. you know, hey, I mean, Fairfield Prep was all alone in that L division, and all of a sudden here comes Darianne and New Canaan to kind of muck up the yep. works. And, you know, there were some battles there, though, though it was never easy, even when, without those no. teams. And now it's like that no. that that, that, that uh, class L is just ridiculous. No, it's tough. It's tough. And, and the way that, you know, and as you know, the way they, the way it gets seated, you know, you could play anybody at any time, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, all of us, again, you know, you look at, you look at, you know, even see, you look at Staples and Richfield and New Canaan, you know, Wilton, ourselves, all of us are playing you know, five or six really tough out of conference games that you could lose all, you could lose all of them, you know, so you could win 10 league games or nine league games and then lose, or, lose your out of conference games and be nine and seven going to the tournament um, and be a handful. And you could be a handful, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't think anybody wants to play Wilton when they get in the state tournament, you know, I, I, with the goalie and the, and the athletes they have on defense, they could be, you know, depending on how they do go down the stretch, they could be one of those teams that's seven or eight, you know, nine wins and be really tough to beat. 
you know? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, just, let's just hope we get there. I mean, we're yeah, to I know. Right. Not to get too far ahead of it. <laughs> I, I mean, you don't, you don't play him this year, but, you know, little known fact that in the 1995 uh, National Championship game, uh, who did you cover in that game? Uh, uh, I, uh, I covered Roy. Uh, I covered Roy. Uh, <laughs> He uh, I, he's got the best of me because he's got a ring and I don't. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. No, it was it? He, uh, you know, it's it's we. And you know, I didn't know much about those guys when we played them, and then so we get, you know, we saw him play on Saturday. Obviously, this is a doubleheader in the Final Four, and and my, you know, the head coach, Coach Adele, kind of says, "Hey, you gotta, you know, you gotta cover Colsey." I'm like, All right, I don't even know. I, you know, because you don't really back then, you know, it's not games on TV really. You don't really see anybody else right. playing. And they weren't in you the know, same and, conference either. No, and so you only know people by reputation. You know, and everyone's like, "He's gonna be, he's gonna be the mid of the year." I'm like, "All right, well, I mean, all year long I've been chasing around, you know." you know, Jason Wade and Milford Marchand, these other guys in the ACC. <laughs> so, um, but what, I mean, he was a great player, man, and an enormous athlete. I um, mean, just so big and strong and fast. Um, you know, we had a great goalie and Brian Doherty was our goalie. He was two time goalie of the year. So Brian bailed me out a few times. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it was, uh, we were, in, we were, we were leading into the game early and we were up in the, in the first half and it kind of got away from us. Um, ended up losing 13 to nine, but uh, um, no, it was, that was fun. And it's like, it was kind of cool when I got back, when I moved up here, I kind of reconnected with Roy because, you know, we were recruiting some of the Ridgefield kids and got to know him again. And um, he's done a great job with their program, obviously. I mean, really, really done a great job. Uh, yeah. And, and if, if you saw earlier this week, his son beat Staples with his ridiculous goal. Uh, yeah. Heard, freshman I heard, son. I, I mean, <laughs> Ryan's I already, you know, I saw him beat uh, uh, Greenwich with the same type of thing. Oh, man. You got another Colsley run, running around. It's <laughs> good genetics, man. It's really good genetics. I, 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 I absolutely genetics. love the fact that all you uh, all of these guys, all the guys who played like in my college era, you know, are all up in Connecticut. I absolutely love that. Yeah, you're here. And you're always <laughs> here. You got John Matthews down at yep. Queens Farms. Won a couple titles at uh, at, uh, Weston. at Weston. And then you got Robbie Mulligan, who's a youth coach at Fairfield. Robbie Mulligan was the most fearless goalie I ever saw in my entire life. That kid uh, would tough. never. He would never ever shy away from taking that thing out and scoring. I think he. I think he yep. scored and beat. I forget who it was. He scored like one of the winning goals. Uh, yeah, I forget. That's <laughs> right. And, there's a, there's a, and it's, it is. It is one of the cool things about being. You know, and I'm involved in youth program in town too. Is I yeah. get to see so many of these guys. Seamus Grooms is in town. He's a Princeton guy. He was a good player. Oh yeah. Um, Jay Penn. Not Jay Penn's my age, but Jay Penn played at Johns Hopkins, um, oh. and he's from Farmingdale High School. Uh, he lived, He just moved to Ridgefield. Um, and his kids are going to play for Roy, um, which is, I haven't talked to Jay in 20 years until I got, you know, until I moved up here and uh, we reconnected. So it's really cool to see some of these guys that, um, like you said, that you know, that we either watch play or I, you know, I played against or with, uh, you know, up here uh, coaching lacrosse and giving back. You know what else? We're also getting old too, man. When you see like, <laughs> Roy or like, Colsey running around scoring goals as a freshman, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. This is my 23, 23rd year of coaching. So Unbelievable. It's it in perspective for you. Goes by fast, doesn't it? Re- Oof. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Coach. Uh, well, um, we 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 appreciate you coming on. Uh, great talk. I mean, I love. I, I could talk to you, you all day about the old days, especially. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be doing more of it. Sure yeah, but uh, obviously, big big week. You have Mashamana this weekend, and then you come back, and that Gopher game is going to be something we're all going to be looking at, uh, especially coming off their win. So, uh, you know, best of luck. I mean, I, I know you. it's I know it's tough. It looks like you guys got a really good team and. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see what the second half of the season holds. Yeah, we are too. We are too. We got a good group, and uh, we're just, you know, like I, I kind of talked to you about a little bit about yesterday. We're just trying to, you know, stay present and uh, and just keep one foot in front of the other, and 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 just play the season one step at a time, and, and no skipping steps. And we've been, 
I've been beating that in their head since day one this year, and, and I'm going to keep beating it in their head until it's over. Because, uh, like I said, I do think we have a good group, and uh, they've done a really good job so far, but we got a, we got a couple big ones coming up, so we'll, we'll see where we stand. Absolutely. All right, Coach. Well, I appreciate you giving us Thanks, a little Sean. time here, and uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see you on Monday at least. We will see you Monday. Stay in touch. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. See you, Sean. So, Mike, that's, uh, that was Graham Neamey, uh, the head coach of, of uh, Fairfield Prep. Good talk. I, I always like talking to those lacrosse coaches from my college era. That, that, that's, it's fun. Like I said, I, I love the, the fact that they're all here in Connecticut, you know, coach, and I find that, that kind of hysterical. It's like having, uh, you know, some of the all-time greats. I mean, he was a great player in college. I mean, I, I didn't get to see a heck of a lot of them, but, you know, a four-year letter winner, especially in that era, uh, you know, that's uh, and for a really dominant program. I mean, they didn't win a national championship, but but uh, but for sure, um, you know, he's no joke. And um, good to see yep. that he's here and made his home here. And he, now he's coaching the Jesuits. And we'll see what the, we'll see what the we'll see what the Jesuits can bring this year. I mean, obviously, well, they got a lot of talent up front. Don't they? they oh, they're so they're so quick, so fast. And you know, he said the defense is uh, is young, but. It's kind of tough though with Fairfield Prep because give or take we said this before give her give one or two teams maybe in the SEC maybe you got a hand or maybe you have a Xavier or maybe a Guilford but there's never really like or Cheshire even but there's never like right. it's always Fairfield Prep and maybe one other and the rest mm-hmm. of them are usually not no, quite at that level. Yeah. I mean you know look Fairfield Prep slain Guilford and Guilford had a really big win last night. If Guilford doesn't if Guilford doesn't show up in that game I fear for the rest of the SEC. I mean, Guilford. You know they, they've they've played pretty well against a few a few different teams. I mean, they you know they are seven and zero. They're uh, you know this is this is obviously the stretch that we you know, we looked at. You know this is going to be the test of where they are, and uh, that one kind of caps it off. So they need to show up. I mean, win, lose, draw. They need to show up. Like it can't be twenty to twenty to two prep. You know that that for 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 everybody's sake. Uh, I mean, I know Hand Hand has had struggles. Uh, Hand just can't seem to get any consistency going, uh, whether it's offense, whether it's defense. They're still kind of figuring things out. Um, it, obviously, it doesn't look as strong a team as, as they were the last year or, or in change. Um, again, they're dealing with stuff. But, uh, listen, good win for that, for Guilford. Now you got a, you know, got Newtown, and then you got – this is your moment. Like I said, this is your moment, and we'll, we'll see what they, they do from there. And obviously, just a lot of big moments here, a lot of big moments for Guilford. you got a moment for, for Glastonbury, a big moment for, uh, for St. Paul. If you guys want to be part of the discussion, you guys got to show up. You can't get blown out. So uh, that's really important to see going forward. Um, Mike, where are you going this week? Depends on a few different things. Depends on uh, – Depends on a hockey game tonight. Yep. Um, hoping to get to that St. Paul-St. Joe's game. That, uh, that could be fun. Um, Guilford Prep, I'm, I'm sure, will be there Monday night. And uh, kind of go from there. I think we'll call that a podcast. Uh, thanks for Graham Niemi for joining us. Really good conversation. I really enjoyed that. Um, and, uh, yeah, like like we said, big games across the board this week. We're going to have a lot better focus on what is happening and who's who and what's what. And I'll be at New Canaan Glastonbury. And then uh, I'm going to roll down to see my buddy from college, Rich Mamalite, who's uh, a teacher there at uh, St. Anthony's. And it'll be a good, good little Syracuse reunion between the two of us. And, and we'll get to see a little St. Anthony's and Darianne. That should be a really fun, a really fun day of lacrosse. A nice, a nice little run of Syracuse reunion there. 
What's that? They've had a nice little run of Syracuse reunions. Huh? Yeah, I know. I was up there two weeks ago. That was fun. I hadn't been there in 20 years, which is crazy to me. So, for Michael Fornabile, I am Sean Patrick Bowley. Thanks for joining the Long Stick Podcast. We'll see you next week.